everybody and welcome to trending for four quarters right here on dsm media we're live as always facebook twitter twitch youtube you know the drill like subscribe comment share follow hit all those different buttons that you can hit and get it out if you want to get involved in tonight's conversation i got my man mitch here i'm going to introduce him in a second might have my buddy mark join us in a few seconds as well if you want to get in on the conversation tonight the best way to do that is to head over to YouTube, get on the YouTube page for DSM Media. Obviously, click subscribe while you're there, but that way comments can come in on my screen. I could put them up on the screen like that, and we can interact and answer your questions, your thoughts, and your comments. So first, my guest here tonight, Mitch Bernstein. He's the host of the Burn With Mitch show over on 12 Ounce Sports. This guy, I, I love watching his show because he gets some of the greatest guests there are. I mean, when, when we first started talking a couple months ago, maybe even like a year ago, Mitch is like, how do you get these guests on your show? I'm like, you got to shoot your shot. And he literally took that advice. You shoot your shot and you get some pretty awesome guests on your show, Mitch. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. Uh, when do you got to lose? The worst I can say is no. I mean, I just reached exactly. out to somebody yesterday, Crystal, I forget her last name. She's a reporter she's on pitchers list she just she tweeted out that she got a a new gig and she's really happy about it and i love when i hear this kind of stuff her dms were open i said listen I, I i think i think the key is you gotta be nice right you Absolutely. gotta be nice you gotta engage them as an individual yeah. with them specifically about what they just tweeted because that's where their right. brain is at that point right and then i said hey Congratulations. I would love to talk to you. I'm a baseball fan. Would you be interested in coming on my show sometime in January? Yeah. She said, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you had you had Dan Baker on your show the other day. And and, and that to me is just like that's like an ultimate get right there. Just <laughs> just somebody like a big because we're gonna talk Eagles, but we're also yeah. gonna talk baseball tonight. 
And let me yeah. add my boy Mark here to the show. You guys have seen Mark Moscatelli on a, a few post-game lives with me here and, and a, a few trending for four quarters. It's almost like he's part of DSM Media here almost because he's starting to show up so frequently <laughs> on, on my programs and all. But Mitch, I haven't, I haven't I seen a check yet, Phil. Oh, I haven't seen a check. I've written a bunch of checks. I haven't seen a check, though. Mitch, have you seen a check yet? Zero. Zero. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Real quick, everybody. Thanks for tuning in again. Make sure you're sharing out the show wherever you're watching. We are brought to you by Manscaped, the leader in men's grooming products, the GOAT in below-the-waist maintenance. Make sure you check them out at manscaped.com. Use promo code TRENDING, the name of the show, TRENDING, and that gets you 20% off, free shipping, and it also lets them know that I sent you. So anyway, guys, I appreciate both your time, Mitch and Mark, coming on the show tonight. Um, again, Mitch, just tell everybody where they can find your show, where what the Twitter handles are and all that stuff. And it's Tuesday nights, 6.30, I believe, your show? Yep, 6.30. It's called At The Burn Mitch on Twitter. At, it's just like it is, The Burn, B-E-R-N, Mitch. On 12 Ounce Sports at 120Z Sports. Uh, people can listen live or now it's on my on restream on here. I mean, it's just, yeah. I, and, found and I think there's awesome. even some random TV channel that streams your shows now. So, like, it's you're a like, famous TV star. I've actually got my first famous TV star on my show now. It's on uh, Zingo TV. <laughs> hey, hey, it's famous, right? Mark, have yes. you ever been on a, on a show with a famous TV star before? Um, yeah, you. I, I, I was actually on. Do you guys watch 6 ABC back in the day? Don Pollock's World. Don Pollock's World was fantastic. I, I was on Don Pollock's World on a little bit. If I can find the video, I'll post it on my Facebook. Yeah, you you send yeah, it to me. I'll blow that up on Twitter thing. real fast. Well, I got I mean, okay. So, you ready for this? I got a quick story for you. Okay. We, we were in we're, we're just winging it tonight because it's bi week Wednesday anyway. That's true. So. We were in California many, many, many years ago. We were doing the television tickets thing. You got free tickets. You get to go see the show. We saw Coach taped. We saw uh, Perfect Strangers taped. This tells you how long ago it was. And we got tickets to see Pat Sajak. Okay. We're waiting in line to get into the studio. The associate producers come by and says, can anybody hit a baseball? And I'm like, I can hit a baseball. I play in an over 30 league. They looked at me like I had 14 hits. What the, what the, what the hell do we care? Long story short, they couldn't find anybody else besides the other two people they took. They took me. They said, well, here's what's happening. Danny McClain is on the show tonight. He's going to throw you a wiffle ball, and we're going to have a wiffle bat and see if you can hit it. I almost peed my freaking pants because I watched him pitch the 30th game. I mean, you know, talk about a hero eye contact thing. So here it comes out. First two players come up, and they, and they hit the ball into the audience. I come up. And he says, and, he, and so I don't know what Pat's saying to Denny. He goes out to Denny, and I heard it on the replay when the show was live. He says, hey, Denny, uh, they're hitting the crap out of you. Maybe you should load one up. And he goes, oh, yeah, I think I should do that. I have no idea what he's saying. And Pat comes back. He goes, it's okay, Mitch, no problem. He throws me the ball. I, I hammer the crap out of it. Almost hit him in the head. <laughs> I mean, so there's my, my, my infamy. Yes, that, my that, that's your five minutes of fame. That's it, man. It was cool. We, 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 so I, so I've, I've got two famous people on the show now. That, that, that's fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I love it. All right. Let's get down to the brass taxes. So basically, everybody watching the show, we've got two, two, two topics tonight. We're going to talk Eagles for the first half of the show. It is bi week. So I want, I, I have an interesting conversation, or I want to talk Eagles right now, 
but I have an also an interesting conversation that came up in discussion recently, and I want to get your opinions on it. And then because I got Mitch on, we're going to talk a little baseball because I know Mitch is a huge baseball guy. I love my baseball. I got my Phillies hat ready to, to transition my Eagles hat into. Okay. Um, I want to talk about the lockout, and I want to talk about the Hall of Fame voting. because so I love getting different, different people's opinions on the Hall of Fame ballot, and that's with the lockout now here. It's a great topic to talk about baseball-wise. So I can't wait to get your opinions on that, guys. So, But let's start with the Eagles and where they're at now in the bye week here. Obviously, everyone knows we've got two games against Washington. We've got another game against the Giants, and we got the Cowboys. Eagles management has sold us all year that they're trying to make the playoffs and they're trying to win. It's not a rebuild. It's a retool per se. Now, we're going into the bye. We're 6-7. and seven. We're literally in the eighth seat. We're literally a half a game out of the playoffs. Can you guys buy into the fact that they're selling us, whether we believe it or not, they're selling us and their players that this is a playoff team? So, Mitch, as the guest on the show first, you know, what are your thoughts on that theory there? That they're selling us on it, but are they? They, well, they are, and, and the thing is, if they're selling, it, here's my my thought: if they're selling, are the fans buying? Um, and and, and are I, you buying? That's what I'm asking you. Are you I buying am, what they're selling? I'm buying. I'm buying. If you're saying to me, are they? You think they're going to be tanking not to get in? No, right. I think they're legitimate opportunity. They they surely screwed it up against the Giants. You know, they played like horse. You know what? Um, I, my prediction was, you know, they were going to win two Giants, win two Washington. Right. And now you're looking at Washington. They're not looking that bad. They're exactly. going to have to play hard to get into the playoffs. But, again, is it a big deal if they don't? I know Eagles fans, they're going to go a crap if it doesn't happen. But doesn't matter. That, that doesn't team. matter is a good point right there. Mark, do you buy what they're selling? And also, to counter what Mitch just said, do you think the players are buying – what Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie is selling. You, you know, when, when when the season started, I thought this this head coach was a joke. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm starting to come around a little bit on, on Sirianni. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's making strides. He, he's, and he's getting the guys to play hard. I, I think that, that, that is really important. I think their defense is going to let them down when they need them the most. Mm-hmm. Um, Listen, I'm an eternal Eagles fan. I'm always bought in, even when they aren't doing well. They have a shot to make it because of the rest of the league is so watered down and, and, mediocre. and mediocre. So they can backdoor their way into the playoffs, and they might steal a game if, if they get there. Um, but I honestly, I, it, they, like you said, Mitch, like, like Washington is no cakewalk anymore. Riverboat Ron has been playing really well, uh, even with with a backup quarterback, a backup to the backup quarterback. If you really want to talk about it, a UF US a guy that should be playing in the XFL or the USFL at yeah. quarterback. Yeah, I mean that it, it's for the Eagles to. I, I I mean I honestly I think they have to win out, and I just don't think they have it in them. And I think they lost a couple games this year that they're going to look back and say, "Damn, you, you know we we should have." you know, close the deal. The 49ers game, 
and, and the Chargers game, really. I mean, they uh-huh. probably should have won both of those games. Now, you can also say that they backdoored into a win with the Panthers, but I think they th- their record should be probably 8-5, and 7-6 and six at this mm-hmm. time, and they're not. Uh, I, I just hope he, he learns everything that he's done this year and builds on it next year. But, yeah, based on how the league is uh, – they can backdoor their way in and maybe squeeze a squeeze a squeeze a win. Yeah, I, I think you both have brought I'm bought in. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think you both because Mitch bought brought up the point saying that you know does it matter? Like, yes, you're bought in, but you know if you miss out, it's not you know that big of a disappointment because there were low expectations. And Mark's bringing up the point that you know a lot of people had low expectations for Nick Sirianni. Me, I actually, from day one, when I heard that intro press conference from Nick Sirianni, when everybody else was freaking out and, and going ape crap, you know, about how he, you know, stumbled over his words and stuff, I bought in instantly on that press conference. I said from day one, I buy in to Nick Sirianni, the leader, the, the practice guy, the behind-the-scenes guy to, to make the players buy in. And then I just said, will it translate to wins? And you're seeing him slowly progress and slowly develop. You know, he was obviously put in over his head as a head coach. He shouldn't have been a head coach yet. He's learning on the job. He's learning on the fly. And he's actually learning from his mistakes. So I love that. But again, do they make it or not? And I love you guys both saying Washington is no pushover. Everyone's just assuming we're going to win both games against Washington. They just beat the – the Washington's a good football team. They still have a great defense without Chase Young, you know, they still have Antonio Gibson and scary Terry McLaurin, you know, mm-hmm. two huge weapons. And, and McLaurin, you know, he kills he gave, the Eagles. He, he, kills he, he, he gave Darius Slay fits last year. Yeah. Yeah. Can I go back to what Mark said about absolutely uh, Steriani and what he's done and the players buying in? I mean, and make and having them play for him. Look what Kelsey did. I mean, Kelsey knew he had to go in there after those two horrendous or hard grave penalties. What a beast, right? And yeah. a player, uh, Jason Kelsey, got a lot of pride. Um, mm-hmm. He go, he's very, you know, wants to win every game as as they all do. But really, we know Jason Kelsey, right? We know Jason Kelsey's personality, mm-hmm. and for him to do that, and then you saw him walking off the field. He's a beast, and he, he's not giving up. He knows, as a veteran on that team, what they could do and what he had to do at that point. He says. Dumbass, what are you doing? You just right. cost us basically a win with those dumbass penalties. Get out, get out of here. I'm coming on. And I think that's that's has something to do with the coach. Yeah, it absolutely does. It's it's really weird because that, that's a great you know transition. I mean, I was gonna save it for a little later in the show, but we could just talk about it right now. I started thinking about it during the post-game show, and then the DSM media group chat with some other group chats I'm in. I brought up and, and you guys, I I love having both you guys on my shows because you know, DSM, I'm, I'm the old man at DSM Media, you know? Everybody's in their, like, early 20s. My morning show co-host is 19. These guys <laughs> don't know old school, you know? but So we've been around the block for a long time, all three of us. Actually, I might be the youngest one on this show right now, which actually makes me feel special. You know, yeah. actually, it's, you know, maybe these gray hairs in the beard are, are, aren't as bad. Um, Mark, take off your hat, buddy. Let me see that up there. <laughs> yes. So my, yes. my, mine's going back pretty far, okay? <laughs> I, I keep it long enough just to hide some of the five head yes. right there. Yes. All right. So I miss the having thing, hair. I'll be honest with you. 
I'm scared to shave it off all the way because if I shave it off all the way, it might not come back. So, That's true. you know, I, I know what my father's genes bring to me. So yeah. we're going to keep it as long as I can. So so the thing we started talking about, and, and, and Mitch, you brought up the video of, you know, Kelsey limping off the field. If, if you had to put together a Mount Rushmore of Eagles players, how close is Jason Kelsey to getting on that Mount Rushmore? And I think he's probably not on most people's Mount Rushmore, but I think it's a topic of conversation that needs to be discussed because he might belong on Mount Rushmore of Eagles players. Now, if you're going to add a fifth head to the Mount Rushmore, he's de he definitely deserves to be in the conversation of the top five Eagles importance-wise, not stat-wise or whatnot, but important-wise. He's got to be in people's top four or five, in my opinion. Uh, Mitch, you're shaking your head. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, obviously you got the Dawkins, you got the Reggie Whites and stuff like that. But, but Jason Kelsey, I mean, he's I a mean, warrior. Well, that's it. And that's part of it. It's just the style of play, his uh, knowledge of the game, his um, won a Super Bowl. He's uh, a, a, you know that veteran that you can really, I think, the players rely on. That is the sign. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I doubt he's even a sign. I was gonna say silent there. I bet you he's a leader in that club in that in that locker room. He's got to be vocal. Um, who wouldn't listen to Jason Kelsey? I mean, that's the thing. Um, I want him to come into my pizza shop and motivate my staff. I know. You know. I I, 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 I bet you my staff would become ten times better if Jason Kelsey just came in and spoke to them because that that's just the kind of guy he is. Yeah, he is. I think he's got a he's got a um, a future in public speaking and motivation. Absolutely, with and and you know the credentials. Gee, let's see. He won a Super Bowl. Okay, how many times has he been on a been, been a Pro Bowl um, selection? Yeah, I mean, just outstanding player um, personality. Where would he rank then? Like, if you had to say your Mount Rushmore of Eagles players, I mean. Can you name five guys? I mean, you might be able to name four guys that you'd put ahead of them, but could you name five guys that you'd put ahead of them? Well, let's name them. I, I would, yeah, I let, would let's name them. You got Brian yeah, Dawkins. Yeah. Everybody agrees Brian Dawkins, Dawkins is right. on the Mount Rushmore, right? Dawkins, Mark Reggie White. Reggie, Reggie White. White. I mean, you could put Howard Carmichael or Eric Allen maybe because they're Hall of Famers, but – that's debatable. You, you got you, if you want to go old school, you got Chuck Benaric, you go Steve Van Buren, Tommy McDonald's, right. um, you, you know, and like McDab, Cunningham, Jaworski, like all those guys are like in the mix. But Jason Kelsey, let let's be honest with ourselves, he was a lower. What was he a six round draft pick? Six round draft pick, yes. He, he's pro he's probably going to go to the Hall of Fame. He's yeah, got probably. He's got I, I mean, the, I would vote, and, and maybe I sat Homer. He should be first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, he he's he's been the Pro Bowl. He's been All Pro. He won a Super Bowl. He he was just nominated for Walter Payton yeah. Man of the Year. And mm -hmm. honestly, I thought Rodney McLeod was going to get get that this year because he's done a real lot and he's been Absolutely. very vocal in the community. But Kelsey did as a little bit of a surprise. But they don't just hand that out to anyone. You you need to be the guy. And. Yeah. Um, you know he is that I he's going to be a Hall of Fame player, and he has to be talked about in, as one of the greatest Eagles of all time. And what I really like about him, as he's gotten older, he's gotten better. I, I don't yeah. I, I don't think he's lost much. He's gotten better, and that and that comes with experience. 
mm-hmm. definitely. And yeah. and once he's out of that lineup, you can see how, how everything else kind of falls like a house of cards, like, like it right. did on, <laughs> on on Sunday. Yeah, so, he's literally missed four snaps the last two weeks, and there are yeah. fumbles on three of those four snaps. Yeah, it's it's whoever the, if if uh, who who is it? Nate uh, Herbert is that how you pronounce it? It's Herbert, yeah. To, yeah, yeah, he's supposed to be the next um, center. He ain't ready, so we we need no, we need e- either him to go hard over the off season if Kelsey retires, or we gotta get another year out of Jason Kelsey. My man Pina is saying that he is definitely number four. On the uh, on the list of you know Mount Rushmore, it's Dawkins, White, Nick Foles, Kelsey, and Carmichael. You know, I, I agree. Nick Foles. Some people will put him on because he was the starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. I personally wouldn't put Nick Foles in my no. Mount Rushmore. No. I wouldn't even put him as my number one quarterback in Eagles history. No. I mean, I know he's unpopular, but I would put Don McNabb as the number one Eagles quarterback just because of the longevity, the stats he put up. Yeah. The, the the run he had of being you know four straight division or your comp you know you know championship games in the NFC you know I, I don't know Foles gets a lot of credit because he was a Super Bowl winner but you know outside of that one or two games he was really not that great of a quarterback but that that that's where a lot of people think Dawkins White Foles McNabb Carmichael, Carmichael. I think Chelsea I, 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 I think Chelsea belongs in that list. I, I can't put Foles in that list. I mean, yeah, he's no. got he's got a little asterisk to his name because he did win that Super Bowl. Uh, but yeah, I do believe Kelsey does belong in in the conversation. But there's been so many great Eagles that have played for this team, and, mm-hmm. and if I can get like a whole roster, I could probably come up with with yeah. And, and you guys brought up I don't have know, it all. Chuck Bednarik, Tommy McDonald, that, and those are even old school for all of us old guys. Right. I mean, we're, yes. we're we're talking. You know, modern era. Yeah, you if almost you gotta just life. talk about Super Bowl era, even at, at at least, which eliminates some of them. Sure. But mm-hmm. still, even if you're bringing all those guys into the equation, I mean, Jason Kelsey will go down as the best center in Eagles history, maybe the best offensive lineman in Eagles history. He may go down as one of the five best centers in NFL history. I mean, so I, I saw a thing, and I don't know about you guys. I take PFF, you know. With a grain of salt. I, I don't, you know, they have an agenda. They have weird numbers on how they rank players, you know, pro football focus. But so in the last five years, including this year currently going on, he's number two in centers this year. Last year, with all the changing going on with the center or the offensive line of the Eagles, he was still the 12th best center last year. And the three years prior to that, he was the number one rated center in the NFL. So 2017, number one, 2018, number one, 2019, number one, 2020, I think it was 12th or 13th. And then this year, right now, currently, he's ranked number two. I mean, he's basically the second half of his career, he's been able to stay the best center in football. So we don't win that Super Bowl without Jason Kelsey playing at an elite level. Agreed. Exactly. Did you see that, Vlad? Did you see that? uh... I forget which play it was. We were, uh, oh yeah, we were able to watch it. We were on the um, NFL NFL ticket. They showed the highlights of him running down the field and just mashing guys on that one pass. Boy, was it was it the, was it the run play? Um, oh yeah, and and I agree with that. Westbrook, Brian Westbrook too, should be on there. Yeah. I mean, well, we can't have forty names on the Mount Rushmore right now. Mount Rushmore has four presidents. Maybe we can add a fifth president. 
but well, you know, in the conversation. Well, he's know. in the conversation. You know, I, I think the Westbrook McCoy, who's the best running back of the modern era, is a lot closer than people give it credit for. I know McCoy has the stats, but Westbrook, I think, meant more to his team mm-hmm. than McCoy did. You know, Westbrook got his team further than McCoy did to an extent. So I think that's a closer conversation than yeah. people give it credit for. And, 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 let's, and, let's, and let's be real. You know, if he's going to bring up Donovan McNabb's offensive line, we have been blessed. I know we've had a lot of injuries the last two or three years on the offensive line. But if you think about it, we had Runyon and Trey Thomas, Brandon Brooks, Jason Peters, Lane mm-hmm. Johnson, Kelsey. Even before Kelsey, some right. Hank Fraley. And who was the guy before Hank Fraley? Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, what was the center before Hank? Jackson. Yeah, Jackson. We've had a really good centers for. Oh yeah, really you're right. We've had really good guards and tackles. Yes. For literally twenty yeah. plus years now. Long time. So, so I've really been blessed with. I, I know you guys know I talk about you know the trench warfare and I love offensive line talk. Um, we've really been blessed with some really good offensive line play for a long time. Once we got out of the Buddy Ryan era, we really kind of stepped up our game. With, with the offensive line. I mean, Mitch, you, you could probably remember the, those lines on, on, on those Buddy Ryan Eagles were just downright atrocious. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, you hey, know, really- they had a great center, Dory. I love, for some reason, I love Jason Alexander, the center on that line. You know, the late David 80s. Alexander, I, David Alexander. David Alexander. Sorry, David Alexander. For some reason, I mean, I, I was like 10 years old when he was an Eagle. But for some reason, I remember him and I remember Ron Heller. They're, they're yeah, the only they, two guys. That, are, those guys were pretty good, but they weren't at the level of pale in comparison to what we've seen since. Yeah, yeah. But and that was like the biggest hangup of the Buddy Ryan Eagles was like they had no offensive line, and Randall Cunningham made five big plays. And yeah. had they invested in that line at that time, we would have seen a Super Bowl a lot sooner than than 2017. So the, um, there were weapons there. There were weapons yeah. there for sure. Absolutely. So, so, so we got off the topic in a little bit, yep. but we were while we're talking about this, you know, Eagles Mount Rushmore. You know, does anybody have like a a sleeper name that we're not talking about that you would put on your Mount Rushmore? I mean, we, we haven't even mentioned Eric Allen's name. I mean, should have been in the Hall of Fame ten years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he just gets in now. You know, late in his, you know, you know, late in his, you know, eligibility. But is there anybody we're not thinking of that should be on the Mount Rushmore? There's a lot of guys there. I'd say Seth, Seth Joyner. His career is often yeah, overlooked. I, I was I was that thinking somebody would also yeah. be in the in the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, he was he was one of those really early dual threat linebackers that could pick off a pass or sack the quarterback. And you know he has a Super Bowl ring for when he was with Denver, I believe, towards the yes. tail end of his career. Mm-hmm. But you, you know his time with the Eagles and uh, with the Cardinals. I mean, he was a Pro Bowl player. Uh, and he was a really damn good player, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's often over. I think he's often overlooked as, as being one of the great Eagles, and and uh, I, I wish more people would talk a little bit more about him. I was a big, big Seth Joyner fan as as a kid growing up, and uh, they they could probably learn a thing or two from Seth if he was the defensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean I, that's something I've I've brought up before in off season conversation. I actually don't think Seth Joyner wants to be a defensive coordinator. He doesn't. Because if he did, I'm pretty sure the Eagles have talked to him about it before. And if not, there's been rumblings around it. So I'm kind of – 
you know, not everybody wants to be a coach. We, I've heard people say Jason Kelsey would make a great coach. But Jason Kelsey hasn't said he wants to coach. Right. So sometimes after playing, these guys don't want to coach right after it. They want to spend time with their families and all. You know, Seth great. Turner, I don't think, wants it. Great players tend not to be great coaches. Uh, yeah. Because the game that, that's a great very- baseball topic, too. Yeah, that could be a good segue into baseball. But, yeah, they, they, the sports come so easy to the great ones mm-hmm. that they have a hard time coaching, you, you know, your run-of-the-mill, your average players, and it gets frustrating. That's why Schmidt never made it as far as he went. And that's why, mm-hmm. like, Richie Ashburn, I remember he wanted to be the um, the manager of the Phillies, and the ownership at the time said, we're not going to do that. For The biggest reason why is – they said, if I hire you, I'm going to have to end up firing you at some point. And it was probably the right decision at, at, at that time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, great players don't really make great coaches. Yeah. Great I, I've, I've thought about it a lot in baseball. I've never thought about it in the other sports, whether it's transitioned or not. Mediocre players and bench players bench players, great coaches. Because they sit and they watch and they, and, and they take yeah, Mitch, it Mitch's, Mitch's hand right, Mitch signals are explaining exactly what you're saying. They get to watch. They Real see quick, the whole field. You, you almost segment you almost segued me into baseball there, but I have to touch on the Eagles one more topic before we segue into baseball. And you may have just brought up another topic to add to the baseball conversation tonight. But Minshew Mania, I was worried about Minshew playing the Jets because I didn't want to have the Minshew Mania conversation. And Minshew, Gardner Minshew played great Sunday. You know, obviously high completion percentage, you know, and whatnot. We won the game. But the Minshew Mania has actually been kind of – people are not overreacting as much as I thought. And I'm, I'm excited about that because I think Jalen Hurts is the right decision. You know, I, I was super excited that Nick Sirianni said right away in the press conference, right after the Eagles game, Nick, Jalen Hurts is my quarterback if he's ready to play against Washington. And I love that, you know, firm, direct answer, no controversy. This yeah, right. is what it is. You know, that was – that earned him major respect in my book, him being able to make a you know a firm statement like that. But I then on I, I do this thing, guys. I don't know if you watch my Monday morning part of my morning show, but I do something called Overreaction Monday. I love that term. And on that. Overreaction Monday, I said Jalen Hurts starting next week is better for the big picture of this team. But Gardner Minshew is the better starter to make the playoffs this year. He's looking for clicks there, Mark. Yeah. Overreaction Monday is 110% about clicks. Yeah. Overreaction Monday. Nobody <laughs> understands. I put at the beginning of every single overreaction <laughs> statement, this is an overreaction Monday statement. And nobody understands that. But, you know, I, I you know, I, I, it's just something I'm, I think of all the time that, we, we have a better chance of beating Washington twice with Minshew than with Hurts if he's still only 90%. But the big picture of this team going forward and growing and learning what we have, Jalen Hurts is the guy. Let's remember that sports and football is entertainment, and Minshew is absolutely entertaining. <laughs> with absolutely. the Fu Manchu and the, the, just his energy on the field, him after the game – Beating the crap out of his dad and giving. Dude, let me. Let, I gotta hear it, dude. That 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 struck. Like I literally had it. You know, not the initial him. Like oh, you know, beating up his dad. 
Then after that, he kind of smiled, and you saw the real raw emotion, and he hugged his dad. Dude, that, that pulled at my heart right there. Big time. Yeah. He, he's wildly entertaining, but Absolutely. is he the, the, the solution? I, 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 I'm not sure. I mean, if no. he couldn't start for the Jags, I mean. I he don't... did start for the Jags, and he went one and seven. So, yeah, right. you know. yeah, so, I mean, I, don't, I think he'd be a fantastic backup quarterback. And everybody loves a backup quarterback. Let's be honest Absolutely. with ourselves. Yeah, yeah. It's the, that's the ultimate underdog, right? Yeah. I mean, we won a Super Bowl with no. the backup quarterback. Exactly. So, so exactly. Mitch, are you okay with them continuing on with Jalen Hurts? Absolutely. Yeah. He's he he's he has, as we talked about, developed as Sirianni has and improved. You know, there's a lot of bitching and moaning, and it was true about him not him him not staying in the pocket. For the first seven, six, seven games, eight games of the season, he would he would freak out and then and, and start running. Mm-hmm. He's done a hell of a lot better when I watched him as I watched him step up and 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 get through it and throw the ball. And he's making better decisions. Um, so yeah, I think the offense is getting better. And listen, they have a good two weeks to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said Brandon Brooks could come back, right? Um, Brandon Brooks could come back. Kelsey should be okay. Yes, Miles Sanders okay. may be okay. Yeah, Kirk I mean, probably will start. We'll be as close to healthy as we can be, as, you know, coming out of the bye. But my only, again, my only concern is, again, some of the play calling, even last week, even though they won, uh, maybe it was two weeks ago, was just, again, horrendous. You know, pass, 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 pass. Oh, maybe we should start running the ball. They have proven that they can run the ball. Jordan Howard needs to cut. Listen, he was the cog in the main cog in his wheel of running. Dude, I, I'll admit I was wrong. I bashed the Eagles last year for bringing back Jordan Howard because I'm like, this guy was averaging 1.6 yards a carry yeah. in Miami. But it just goes to show when you have a consistent offensive line playing week in and week out, yep. what that does for a running game. Because before Miles Sanders this week, this past week, we didn't even have a 100-yard rusher this year, but we were still dominating and one of the top-run teams in the league. So, yeah. Yeah, and let's not forget that that when Sirianni came here, one of the things that they talked about is that he was going to incorporate the running game. He, was, mm-hmm. he wasn't he was afraid to run the, 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 the ball in Indianapolis. Now, he had Jonathan Taylor there, um, right. but, like, he's he is – he has relented and has called runs uh, beyond – Hurt, a Hurts RPO play, which, right. which is which is I think is really important. I'm an old school guy. I do think it's really important to establish the run to set up the pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more that I think we do it, uh, the better off we'll be. Although I don't want to run it as much as Belichick did on Monday night. He <laughs> <laughs> threw the ball three times. <laughs> they did win the game, but uh, you, you know I do I do want to if, if we have Hurts. And he's the mm-hmm. future. He does have to figure out how to get the ball down the field. And yeah. we'll, we'll protect You have to have weapons to get the ball down the field. And the, obviously, I, I've talked about and I've taken a lot of heat this week on Twitter for saying this, that don't be – I know everybody wants the Eagles to go out and sign Allen Robinson or Michael Gallup or whoever all these big-name veteran wide receivers are. But if the Eagles draft three first-round players this year, which they have th- basically have three first-round picks this year, do not be surprised. I know it's not what we want, but do not be surprised if Howie Roseman drafts a wide receiver because his track record shows 
that he does draft wide receivers week in, year in and year out in the first or second round. It's it's just what he does. I look at the track record. I look at the trends, and and we need so many different things on this team. <laughs> he he's, he's, he's bound see. to hit once, right, Phil? Uh, maybe. I mean, he hit on Devonte Smith. Yes. Come on, mean, there's your one. There's your one. Okay, so he he's never gonna hit again. Exactly. And, and can Jalen Rager not return? Not be on special teams? Can he just? I mean. From dropping that, the balls to going backwards to picking it up at the one-yard line. Damn it. Just let it go in the damn end zone. What are you doing? So somebody shared on Twitter today a highlight video from him from college. Uh, I think it was A.J. Torres. Um, I, I believe that's who it was. I forget who it was. One of the, one of the, one of the guys on uh, the Philadelphia Sports Network shared a, you know, a whole thing of you know, his highlights. And I tried to tell him, I'm like, look, he was at Colorado. He was playing in Pac-12 and – you know, he was playing some really weak opponents. I saw Kansas State as his opponents, West Virginia. These were teams that he was looking great against. Totally different than the NFL. Jalen Rager, yeah, take him off of special teams. Maybe that helps him clear his head because he's making mistakes on special teams and it's bleeding over to his wide receiver play. Whoa. Just just sit the guy down. I know Greg Ward and Ortega Whiteside are no, you know, special wide receivers. But if anybody needed a break more <laughs> – it, yeah. It's Jalen Rager. I mean, he needs a break and he needs time to clear his head big time. He's terrible. He's just terrible to watch. You just, you know, what's going to happen now. It's unfortunate. And it's just like, why you, Nick, come on, give us all a break. Let's, let's fill. But, but, but when he was asked about that two weeks ago, he clearly said that's yeah. not good for the team by benching him because he realizes the potential of Jalen Rager is better than Ortega Whiteside, than Greg Ward, than Jonathan Hightower, than whatever the other kid is on the practice squad. Jalen Rager is terrible, but there isn't many better options than him on this team right now. And that's all Howie Roseman's fault. Yeah. So yeah, real quick, it's, yeah, it's not, his, no, ahead, it's not his fault that he was drafted as high as he was. Absolutely. And, and, but at the same time, like the ball hits your hands, you got to catch the ball. It's great to get fast. The ball hit Quez Rocket's hands, and he dropped that big touchdown a couple weeks ago. No one gave him a hard time. You're right. I mean, you're right, Phil. Greg Ward dropped a touchdown pass with in the Giants game. Yeah, you know, before Hurts threw that interception before the half. The play before that was right in Greg Ward's hands. It was a tough catch. Hit his hands. No one gave Greg Ward a hard time. I think it's because Rager's been out there longer, and there's and and Rager. Rager's a first-round pick. And I think you're right. This stigma, Mark, like you said, not his fault. He was drafted so quick, so early. And uh, we're all we, we it gets set in our heads that he was drafted this early. He's supposed to be good, but you know, how he's track record of drafting people isn't that great. So he screwed up on this one again. All right. So you guys both get a hundred dollar free bet. Okay. But you really have to bet this not with your heart, with realistic expectations. Mitch, do the Eagles make the playoffs? No. Mark, do the Eagles make the playoffs with a hundred dollar? Are you betting them to make the playoffs with a hundred dollar free bet? No, they're not going to make it. Okay. Yeah, right. it's it's it it's they too many early mistakes in the season. Um, they're, they're they're they'll finish strong, but not strong enough to get in. Yeah, see, I see. I think it comes down to see. I, I'm going to say no, also, but I think it comes down to. I thought originally coming to the season, the Cowboys game wouldn't matter to make the playoffs. 
the Cowboys game is going to be what it is because I think they split against Washington. I think they beat the Giants, so that means they're eight and eight and eight going into week you know week eighteen there, and they need to beat the Cowboys. If the Cowboys have whatever spot they're going to end in locked up, and they rest their starters and whatnot, then they have a chance. So you're but right. Cowboys yeah. are playing for in week 18 that we don't have a chance to make the playoffs. I don't think it's a possibility. Like you said, it, and that's a good point. If Dallas hasn't wrapped up, which they probably will, that division, right? But the division, but they, you still got to worry about positioning whether they're fighting for the second seed or the third seed or the fourth seed and all that stuff. So they're they're yes. going to be fighting for home field advantage in the second right. round. Right. So um, they might play some guys. Yeah. That's still if, if they're locked into the third seed or the fourth seed come yeah. week 18, that's the only way yeah. that they bench their starters, in my opinion. Yeah, you're right. And then, again, where's this wild, wild card going to end up? You know, if the yeah. Eagles end up 9-8 and eight somehow. Yeah. Well, that, that was my original it. preseason prediction was 9-8. and eight. So I'm still on pace to get it. Yep. I have a shot at my, my prediction there. Yep. All right, let's transition to baseball. I brought Mitch on because I love Mitch, listening to Mitch talk baseball too. You know, he loves his baseball. So the first thing, so we got we, we got all night. We could go as we can go four hours more longer <laughs> if we had to. Um, the lockout's going on, so we're going to talk lockout first. Then we're going to get into the baseball Hall of Fame vote. Um, the lockout's going on. Everybody knows about it. So my question to start this topic of the baseball lockout going on right now is. Who is going to give up what and what they're fighting for to end this lockout on time? And I believe the lockout ends late January, beginning February. I don't think we miss spring training. I've already thought about booking tickets to go down to spring training to, to catch a game. I don't think it affects any of that. I think both sides know between COVID and the last two years, they can't afford to lose out on money and revenue. Um, so I think they figured out who gives up what, Mitch? to end this lockout as soon as possible. Well, first of all, I agree totally with what you're saying. Um, and you, you, you would hope they're not that stupid, both sides. Right. And knowing that, you know, we want to have a full season. I do believe it will end. Yeah. The holidays, nothing's going to happen, mm-hmm. obviously. But I think, yes, end of January, it gets all, it's all, it's all fixed. They got a new agreement. Um, and they go forward. Michael Douglas once said greed is good not in baseball when you got two greedy groups wanting to get all the money you got the millionaires fighting the millionaires yeah players want two two years before arbitration they want that to go down i mean um they they uh now they want the dh that's going to happen and that's the The minor things the dh i don't care about you know, okay, you know, okay. Teams, you ask me a question. Teams. I'm giving you a freaking answer. Oh. Um, <laughs> so the DH is going to happen. We know that. Um, there, the baseball players. Again, I love the game. I love watching them play, but they're so damn greedy. I mean, the the uh, whenever there was a chance for this them to, if they could establish a salary cap, it would have been the best thing for them. Um, and that's part of the problem. That's where all the greed comes from. Um, I don't know that they get the two years and arbitration, um, and become, um, arbitration eligible. I think it's going to stay at three. 
And then if they do that, okay, the owners are going to have to, yeah, the owners are going to have to give up something. Um, who does the expanded posting? I'm, 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 I'm looking at an ESPN article that came out today, uh, or was I, I think last week about it. Um, the league wants 14 teams to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. What I what I don't like, it's so it's so fabricated. The the top seed's going to get to choose who they get to play. What are we playing kickball in kindergarten for crying out loud? Make a goddamn miss, figure it out, commissioner. Come on. Enough people in that office. You got eight, you got 14 teams, you got seven, you go with an 18 bracket. The first team gets it by, you keep playing the regular tournament bracket. Stop. Oh, I want to play that. No. I hope that doesn't happen. It it, it, it it so so waters down the 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 professionalism of a professional league. Yeah. So stupid, so elementary. It's ridiculous. Meaning not easy, but Kiddish, stupid. Yeah. Um, um, let's see. Major arbitration could change as as well as service time, in which a player becomes a free agent. Um, there and here I'm reading. As for service time manipulation, there may not be a compromise that fully solves the problem. Yeah. Move back the date that gives a player a year of service time, and teams will just keep players in the minor leagues longer. Yeah. So that's going to be the toughest one. Um, they're saying it could be an overhaul. They're going to have to look at that and figure out what's the best. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to put their heads together and say, okay, if it's not three years, you know, how do you guarantee? It's it's all there's no cut and dry black and white. It's all it's all um, very subjective in terms of what they're going to try and decide with arbitration. Yep. You know, I, uh, I think the service time thing. So so arbitration, the owners hold firm on. Service time, maybe they give a little bit. Off. I think the service time rule in baseball, and I, I, I talked about this on another show. I'm going to come up with a list, and I'm going to do a show with a whole bunch of people. The dumbest rules in all of sports. Yeah, and I think I the service so. time rule, where you hold them out till May 1st or whatever it is, and that, that extends it. And it's one of the four dumbest rules in sports, in my opinion. It, you know, I know the players have already come up to 12 on the playoff teams. Where the owners want 14 and the luxury taxing, they bend a little bit. It's going to come down to arbitration yeah. and service time. And I think they both have to give a little bit on both to, to make this work. And hopefully they're not dumb enough to not both budge a little bit. Mark, do you have any thoughts on this? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm uh, knowing a little bit about the history of um labor disputes in baseball i'm not confident that we get off the season um on the regular start time um you you have a weak commissioner who is essentially pro owner um and you have a extremely strong players union and they've always have been and it's just it's not a good mix and both sides are going to dig their heels in to the last minute, and I, I think you're going to have a problem uh, about the, the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know there's talk about a salary cap. I think the owners want a salary cap. I would be in favor of it. All the other leagues have some form. The luxury yeah. tax really isn't working. Uh, the, there should be more of a competitive balance with, with the payrolls. Money, yeah. um, I, honestly, the, the, the salaries of these players are just ridiculous. There's just insanely 
it like numbers that I've never seen before. But at the same time, like I'm curious to see how much these owners are raking in through their their TV revenue, the gate right. revenue, and whatnot. Uh, this is very combustible. I don't. Hmm. If there was a better commissioner in there that can bring them to the yeah. table and force a, a resolution, mm-hmm. I'd have some uh, some faith. But you know, the the COVID season, like you you were this close of not having any baseball at all due to stubbornness on both sides, and the, and the commissioner really couldn't do much to to get them to to you know hash out their differences. I mm-hmm. I don't see this being a good thing and I don't see this I I think we're going to have a problem. I I, I really do. It's, it's interesting things. because most people are on the side of this 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 will get resolved. So it's interesting hearing somebody say that they yeah. don't believe that. And you bring up that covid I mean that that covid shortened season. I mean there was definitely that came down to the wire of not happening that season. Really did. And we've gone what 95 so that's what 20 what six years since the last mm-hmm. long you know work mm-hmm. stoppage and all I, I just in my mind i just keep thinking the positivity of you know both sides realize that this can't happen but i mean you bring up good points that may, maybe maybe i should hold off booking those tickets to clearwater <laughs> you know the other thing too is look at the demographics for for baseball mm-hmm. and listen it's for old guys like us on, on this call yeah. But like my, my kid plays, my kids he'll be twelve. He hope he plays little league, but soccer's his first sport. He doesn't really he knows who Bryce Harper is and a couple of the Phillies, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. And and for me growing up in the eighties, like I knew who was on every team, and I I followed baseball. It, it's it's been dying since since the last lockout. It's been mm-hmm. a, a dying sport, <clears throat> slow death. And it's a shame because it is a really good sport. I do consider it to be our national pastime. And when the Phillies are good, this is a baseball town. This is absolutely a baseball town. And, I mean, you saw it from 07 to 11. That place was packed. And uh, and Mm -hmm. the Phillies were were on many nights first over the Eagles um, Mm -hmm. because it was kind of the, the downside of Reed's error. And the Phillies were coming up. Oh, it was fun to go to a baseball game uh, yeah. in 08. And you couldn't get tickets. And it was – now it's I, – I, I won't lie in saying this. I know I host more football shows than baseball shows on my on DSM Media. But I cried when the Phillies won the World Series in 08. I didn't cry. I celebrate like everybody else when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. But I literally cried when the Phillies won the World Series. Because that's what, you know, baseball meant to me and Phillies yeah. meant to me. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's 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 a crazy conversation. It's a crazy thought that maybe it doesn't get resolved as easily as Mitch and I believe it does. Yeah, I I I just again, and I understand Mark Mark's comments. I mean, yeah, it could could it absolutely go wrong? I just think the players, and again, the thought what happened, what's happened to this world in the past two to a half, three years, um, we'll have some part of that. Um, and that's just the optimistic, again, part of me saying, as opposed to the, you know, the, the owners want more money. Well, we know how much, look what you're, look what you're paying out. The, you can't cry poverty, like you just said, Mark, with all the money that's been, th- been thrown out to all these, not necessarily superstar players either. Mm-hmm. And that's what's boggling my mind. So they have money, okay? Mm-hmm. 
they got money to spend. I wish the Phillies would freaking spend the damn money. Anyway, um, I was a quick aside. Um, let Starling Marte go. That's just oh, that, was, that was the guy. That was the guy. Um, I digress. Um, who else gonna get pissed off at? Oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> I've never seen Mitch get pissed off before. But the, the Phillies will do that to you, though. Yeah, uh, uh, bullpen by Hector. Um, they will take some of that into consideration. I believe the own the owners will. They, they they need the people to show up, right? They do need people to show up. Um, the players have to be told. Listen, players are getting their money. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting their money. It's it's not necessarily money in the luxury tax now. It's just this arbitration thing, so they don't have to go through that crap every. You know, they have to. You know, why do they have to wait? Why can't we just get a bonus every year? Why don't we can't get a raise every year? You know, why not that? Based on that's what they used to do back in the old days, obviously. Um, it, and it was all apples to apples. You can't compare today's world to they had. They Mickey Mantle got a five thousand raise, or from one year to the next, that was it. That was great money back then, right? Okay, so a player gets goes from uh, four million to six million. That's a decent raise. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I I would like to see that happen uh, personally because I think that would that would players the owners are still going to have money in their pockets. They can still give bonuses out, and the players don't have to wait to get a raise. Have to play, you know. Now. The other side of the coin, people would say, "Well, we do. He had one good year. Okay, so let's see if he gets it to two. But you mm-hmm. know, there, but and I hope there is a give and take. I mean, you hope, but I do think again. Bottom line, um, I think they end it at like you said, uh, Phil, at the end of January, yeah. and that we do have spring training. Um, and again, you talked about the dying sport, Mark. It is. It's unfortunate because I love. We all love baseball so much. Yeah. Um, you got to do more with the kids. The, yeah. oh, by the way, the Phillies, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it a project of mine this spring. Baseball gets started. I'm going to go on every team's website and check out the giveaways. The Phillies are the least, and they have been. I've been bitching about this for years. They are the least creative in, in promotions. At the, they have people about stuck in there probably from the 50s. Do it. Oh, let's give out the blanket. Let's give out the. They had no bobbleheads, right? They had no bobbleheads. Mitch, part of that problem, and you've seen it. They've let go a lot of tenured um, people. In I'll the bring my bobblehead onto the screen team. for you. There Is that Mark Utley? Yeah, it's Utley. It's my Utley bobblehead. Hold on, hold on. Uh, he's bringing his bobbleheads out now. I don't. I don't have any of my sports stuff here. Wait. Wait, I might have that is an autographed Carlos Ruiz. There you go. Ooh. I uh, no, no, get, getting back where I'm, I'm saying they, yeah. they've they've gotten rid of a lot of people behind the scenes people that mm-hmm. have been with that organization 20, 30 years that mm-hmm. made it fun to come to the ballpark, right? And uh, uh, you see, you see it game day, you you mm-hmm. you you don't have those giveaways. They, they do a couple, they do the heritage nights. They do that Star Wars night. I, I think they, I I think they do the dogs coming in. Your you bring your pets in. You know like, you're struggling like when you're letting dogs come into the stadium. And yeah, everybody that, does, They all do bark at the park now. Everybody does bark at the park. You watch TV all the time. They do a bark at the park. 
I will the next time we do a baseball show, I'm gonna come on and I'm gonna show you the Cardinals have the one of the best giveaways. Um, the Yankees do it. The Phillies don't spend the money on it. It's the same old crap. The to me, to me, those special things, you gotta buy a special ticket for those things, and then you get a giveaway. I you need to bring kids back in and adults. You know, the fathers they give away, mothers they give away, that's great. But I'm gonna bring some other creative things in that other teams have done and show you how cool and different it is. Even in the offseason, these the Pirates and the Cubs, they do all sorts of cool, fun stuff to, to engage their fans. I, I get to feel these notifications. I haven't seen them do anything. By the way, so I had Carlos Ruiz, and, there, and there's uh, Brad Lidge signed. So you have the the closing um, duo duo of um, battery of the World Series. I like it. I like it. Dude, we're getting sidetracked here. I know we are. I still love – when I was a kid, my dad took me to every single Phillies Fanatics birthday Sunday. And they used to do the ugliest of hats given away to kids. <laughs> I'd wear them with pride yeah. because I was so happy. But then I would get beat up the first day of school when I rocked that hat at Holy Cross because – you know, nobody wanted to see that. That was the ugliest thing in the world. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're, to, to bring your kids back, use what you have, mm -hmm. use the fanatic, but then get interactive and bring back. Like mm -hmm. I think, I think the White Sox. I was looking. Maybe it's Baltimore. Every Saturday game, they bring back old players, and they're in a in an area for like an hour signing mm -hmm. autographs. Mm -hmm. Now the kids might not know them, but if they're wearing Baltimore hats or whatever, they're getting an autograph. You get an autograph, you're in. Yeah. You Does anybody know what their what their attendance figures were this year and how they ranked in the league? What are they oh, in the no. bottom, top, or somewhere in the middle? I think they're right in the middle. I think I they're mean, right in the middle. Honestly, with the ballpark still being on the newer side, I know the team stinks. They got Bryce Harper there. They they, they should be up in the, the the top half. In all right, let me. Look, this I just typed it in. Quick Google search in 2018, the Phillies averaged 26,644 fans. Okay, 2019, they averaged 33,672 fans. Obviously, 2020, no fans because of COVID. What do you think they averaged last year? Just over 18, just over 18,000 fans. Wow, that's bad. That's really bad. That's yeah. bad. And, and With they, our they, they were like, you know, they were doing a run to, yeah. to make the playoffs, too. They, and it was like the first time you could attend an event. All yep. for, for how long, yep. you know, because it was outdoors, there was no limits on fans. You could go to a ball game, they were only averaging 18,000 fans a game. I, last it's year crazy. was the, fir the first year, uh, obviously, COVID, nobody went to the games, but last year was the first year, uh, honestly, since maybe I was a small child, uh, mm -hmm. that I did not go to a baseball game. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, I, I gotta say, we really didn't miss it. And then yeah. that's a shame. I mean, I did miss not going, especially even in 2020. But I did go to a game in 2020 because I was in spring training. It was my first ever trip to spring training was in 2020, right before everything went to the shit in the world. Um, but I didn't go to the, the, the park 2020 or 2021. I went to my first Phillies game in 1986. And that's the first time I didn't see a Phillies game live in person. And that's a, that's a long time, we'll that just say. That is a long time. That is a long it time is. not to go to a Phillies game. I have to go. I go. I I didn't go to as many because I knew we were moving and all that stuff. But right. I have to go um, to games. Um, 
I got to get that field up ballpark. Right. Um, I need that in my blood. So do um, I. It's, but th- that's a surprising statistic, Phil. Eighteen thousand. Mark, isn't that that's horrendous, Mark? Yeah, it is. It is. That, that we're we're talking like late eighties, wow. early nineties vet attendance kind of numbers. Yeah. And 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 like you said, Mark, they were in it for a while. Yeah. Oh. So they All have right. to do something. Marketing people got to get better. All right. Yeah. Marketing I'll, I'll people. All right. Let, let, let's let's talk Hall of Fame. I'll put it up here on the screen for everybody watching, really quickly, um, so everybody can see it. The 2022 Baseball Hall of Fame ballot is out. It's been out for a few weeks now. Uh, Mitch, yeah, I want to get your opinion on A, should Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens get in? B, will they get in? And then C, Jimmy Rollins, Ryan Howard, the first Phillies from the, the 08 World Series, you know, will either of them get in? I'll start with the last one. I don't think they do. Jimmy won't. They they definitely won't get in. Well, I mean, while. won't ever get in or won't get in this year. Jimmy has the Jimmy has the shot mm-hmm. um, of of him and Ryan um, to get in. Um, I just don't. I don't think he's got enough there. Okay. Uh, whether it's statistic wise, well, it's going to be statistic wise um, to do it. I just don't think he's got it. Okay. Um. Bonds, you know, I, I I heard somebody say, I think it was Jason Stark that said, or somebody like one of the guys from MLB mm-hmm. said, if it if you can't prove it, absolutely prove it, then they should be able to go in mm-hmm. on their merits. Um you look at the size of Barry Bonds' head then and now. I mean, you know, come on. <laughs> I mean, geez, Louise, what do we have to look at? Um, but yes, reluctantly, because he's such an ass, um, he will get in eventually. I mean, before he started taking steroids. I mean, he, yeah, he, great player. Yeah. Uh, Schilling, Schilling to me, another ass. <laughs> Too many people vote based off whether they're an ass or not, and not whether they're a great ball player. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's part of the problem why these guys aren't getting in. You're right, Mark. They they besmirch the game, and they're jackasses. I mean, Mm -hmm. Bonds is Bonds is universally hated, except in San Francisco. He's loved in San Francisco, but he's hated at, at any other city that you stop off. Clemens is a curmudgeon. And he always has been, uh, and and Schilling is just a whack job. I mean, it's and you know you talk to the '93 Phillies, he wasn't a well liked teammate on that team, and that's going back 30 years. So this is nothing new with Schilling. But it just it was it was hidden. I, uh, before you go, Mitch, I just got to say, Mark is the first person I've heard in ages use the word curmudgeon. Other I'm than me, I, I use it all the time, and like. People look at me like I've never heard that word before. I'm like, hold on. I use that word all the time. It's like one of my favorite words. Synonym, old fart. Basically. (laughs) I love it. I love that Mark brought that word out. It just made my night. It 100% made my night. I also want to comment on on our, our the Rollins uh, on the mm. ballot. I, I, I believe him to be a Hall of Famer. Look at the boxes he checks off. Mm-hmm. He has an MVP award. He has a uh, World Series uh, win. Mm-hmm. 
look at the he's got two hits on in in postseason play that I can remember off the top of my head. The game clincher against the Dodgers in 08, he led that game off in a home run. And then he won in 09 with the walk-off double. Like those are like big, big things. And he he a a a a, a franchise that is 130 plus years old. He is the all-time hit leader. Uh, what's he got, like 2,300 hits or something like that? Okay, great. He doesn't have 3,000 hits. But he's damn close to it. And then yeah. you stack his numbers against other guys that are in the Hall of Fame, and they match up. He One matches specific. up pretty close to Barry Larkin. And if Larkin I, is I was going to compare him to Larry Boa. He, he checks off and he beats Larry Boa in almost every single category. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about the Hall of Fame, though. Like, like he is similar to Barry Larkin, mm-hmm. and if Larkin isn't. And here's the other thing. If Harold Baines can make the Hall of Fame, uh, uh, Jimmy Rollins should be a first ballot. That's, the, that's how I see it. <laughs> and that's I don't think it's first ballot. I think it's going to take a few years for him to get in. Um, if, yeah, and if anybody does, he does. I just don't think – and I think, Mark, yeah, to those two, two hits – um, the writers aren't looking at that. They, they, they don't see that. They don't see that those two games. They look at the overall career, and you know they'll look at numbers. I'm sure they'll look at 2300. And you know, it's so it's so it's it's just a weird weird ass be- uh, vote with all these writers. I mean, I've seen some of these public public um, ballots, and and these guys are crazy putting some of these guys in. It just it's their own personal favors as opposed to do they do they deserve to be in? Yeah. Um, I think that's a great point. But I, I think the whole the voting process needs to change in a, as yeah. a whole. Yeah, Schilling and uh, Clemens. Listen, who didn't not who did not love watching them pitch? Absolutely. Those guys were unbelievable. Uh, again, I, I don't know Clemens. Yeah, how many miles an hour did that throw into a, a ball? I don't think it made much difference for him because you know. Did it make his spin rate better? Were they even talking spin rate when they pitched? No. I mean, they had – they were pitchers, and they were damn good, and they're good enough to get in. Yeah, they are. So do they do they get in this year? The, the We're talking the Clemens, the Shillings, the Bonds. Do they get in? Because let's be honest, this year, a lot of the guys that have and the girls that have the vote, they feel the need to vote for 10 people. You know, you can vote for one, you can vote for 10, you can vote for zero. They feel the need to vote for 10. And let's be honest, this year's ballot, I'll put it up on the screen for everybody watching. Put it up again. You know, it's a little weaker than other years, especially first-timers. You got people like Jake Peavy, Prince Fielder, you know, Mark Teixeira, you know, guys that aren't really Hall of Famers. They're not. not. You know, so if you're going to vote for 10 – you kind of have to put Bonds, Clemens, and Schilling on your list. Yeah. Sheffield's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, a lot of people like Jeff Kent. I don't know what his numbers are. He's got about MVP the, awards, Jeff Kent. What about, what about Big Poppy? I mean, you know. So so let me, let me give you right now, if I had a vote right yeah. now, I'm going to give you guys the guys I would vote for. And okay. there's only eight on this list that I would vote for for the Hall of Fame. Okay. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and Kurt Schilling. In my opinion, all three of them get in, in my, if, if I had to vote. 
Mm-hmm. I would vote for Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Jimmy Rollins, and Scott Rowland as my other guys. Oof. I don't know about that, Phil. <laughs> See, I'm, not I'm just going out there. Who, who do you disagree with? Guy. What's that? I'm not a Scott Rowland guy, and maybe I have some animosity because he didn't want to play here. Uh, I still, I, I've Jones gotten over my animosity. Yeah, Andrew Jones doesn't do anything for me. Okay. Um, you know, the guys that are there, like Sheffield, I do think belongs in the Hall of Fame. Um, uh, the A lot of the other, the list of players just aren't, nothing is kind of punching me in the face and saying, oh, yeah, that guy is a Hall mm-hmm. of Famer. And the ones that are have the baggage to go with them. And do they belong or do they not belong? Well, it's up to the baseball writers based on the clause uh, on the Hall of Fame. On, and they have a morals clause. And mm-hmm. if he, they don't check that box off, people often do not vote for those guys. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a little bit of a struggle for your bonds, your shillings. Anybody linked to something steroid-related, it's, it's going Agreed. to be a problem. Yeah. I don't even think they need to put an asterisk next to the names because they still meant so much to the sport. Everybody knows what they did or hypothetically did. I, I just I just think you can't have a Hall of Fame without Bonds, Clemens, even Pete Rose. You know, we could get into a three-hour discussion on that. But, you know, I, I just think they need to be in there for the history of the game. Mitch. Yeah, I think that they will. I mean, I think eventually they will. And, you know, these era committees, they will book, they had a, had voted also – um, they'll get in at some point, I do believe. Can we talk about the other travesty that's out there that Dick Allen did not make yes. it to the Hall of Fame? Like he was one vote short. I want to see Again. the ballots on on that, that committee who voted. I know Schmidt was on that committee. Yeah. I presume he voted for Allen. Um the man died without seeing him go into the Hall of Fame. And he kind he was an often misunderstood player individual at a very tumultuous time in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, honestly, the more and more I look, I read into what went on. I feel really bad for the man. Uh, and he, he shouldn't have been treated the way he was. Um, you know, looking back now, I mean, he put up some monster numbers. He swung a 40 ounce bat. Like it was yeah. a twig. I mean, the, 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 the guy was, a baseball player that everything that you would want from a baseball player. He helped kind of bring the DH into fashion when he was mm-hmm. with the white Sox. Uh, I don't understand why he didn't make it. And, and he's, we got to wait another four years or so, or another two years for him More to get like five ballot. And that, that's a shame. It really is. 2026. It's a travesty. I, I, I just think there's too much politics put into voting for the Hall of Fame, whether it's on the veteran committee, whether it's on the regular ballots. I think there's too much politics put into it. And and whether you want to debate the, the 10 vote rule or whatever, I think the whole voting system as a whole needs to be overhauled for, for the Baseball Hall of Fame 110%. Because someone like Dick Allen, absolutely 120%. Should be in the Hall of Fame right now. It shouldn't have come to us being frustrated with this vote. It, it should have been a long time ago. It should have happened. Dick Allen not in the Hall of Fame. Harold Baines is. I mean, it's just yeah. Does that make sense? Doesn't not at all, man. Puts it in perspective. It's just and I watched Harold Baines play when I was living in Chicago. Really good player. 
He is not a Hall of Famer. Oh my gosh. Travesty. Just a travesty. You guys you guys heard of Mark Carthagno? I'm gonna give uh, us our name. The, um, Mark Mark spearheaded has been spearheading this push for Dick Allen to get in for like 10 years, you know, okay. from, from, since 2014 when he didn't get in by one vote. Mark has information. The one person that was supposed to be on the committee in 2014, I think it was, got sick. They had to replace him with somebody else. They think that, that one of the reasons why he didn't get in back then was because of this person that came in, that person got sick. I believe that's the story. Mark went... Um, you know, I was, I was talking, I, I was tweeting out to um, Mitchell Nathanson. I believe he's in the Philly area. And he says, he was basically poo-pooing it. Nah, it's not that big a deal anymore. The guy's dead. What the, are you freaking, what about, I said, what about his family? And then he totally ignored that point and said, well, you know, you know, it's, it's up to the baseball writers and they're going to pick, they're, they're up to this committee. I said, yeah, if you look at the statistics, this time you look at the statistics, that the statistics prove for that not seven to eight year stretch, he was one of the top of the of the ball players that are in and that uh, on that group. Uh, I shouldn't say that group. Ball players are in the Hall of Fame with the Reggie Jacksons, those type. His war was third. He's only behind two players that are in the Hall of Fame already. And he has other statistics, OPSs and that kind of thing too. That yeah. He belongs. Look at it. Look at what he's done. Look at what he did. So there was some belief that there was some abject, you know, subjective um, racism behind the vote in 14 um, because he was such a such an ass. But he really wasn't. If you look, if you talk to people who he, knew he, him, he wasn't. He, he was. He was not an ass. He was an ass to, in general because he had to protect himself. When you saw 42 and what Jackie Robinson went through. He went through the same thing, and he was a defense mechanism, and he he, he wasn't going to shut it down. He was going to tell people, get get the F away from me type thing, and that that hurt him, I think. That hurt him, reputation anyway. Sorry, Mark, were you going to say something there? No, no. I mean, me, Mitch is kind of hitting things yeah. uh, out of the ballpark here. I mean, it, it really was. It's just – it is a That's why I wanted him on for the baseball part of it because – he he nails this baseball talk better than most. No, wow. anyway, let, 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 let's let's wrap this shebang up here tonight, guys. <laughs> kind of ending on a sad note here. Yeah, about I know it, it, it's Gallagher. a shame. Hey, any surprise? Any surprises, guys? We'll, we'll add it on positive. Any surprises with the Hall of Fame vote? Do you think um, somebody surprisingly gets in? Omar Vizquel, Scott Rowland. You know, some of that we don't expect get in. Yeah, Jimmy Rollins. He's going to get in. Right. I, I would be excited about that because hey, I'm a Hall of Fame player. I would love that. I just don't think it's going to happen. But the way they, like you said, Harold Baines. Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy Rollins. Um, in the other vote, the other era, the early era votes, voting, you know, Buckle Neal got in finally. Um, Negro Leagues. Um one of the players that they wanted to get in, um, the gentleman who I've had on my show, has the Donaldson Network. He, he has it on Facebook page, and he was pushing for John Donaldson to get in. Phenomenal player. Um, didn't make it. Um, and he's going to keep pushing on that. Um, 
But, you know, Bob Kendrick from the Negro Leagues Museum, um, they were just ecstatic and doing a baseball watch from the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. And, uh, you know, Buck finally got in. He deserved to get in, you know. And, uh, truly one of those guys who you really would have loved to have met because he was just that kind of a man. He was kind. He was generous. He knew his baseball. He had a career. He coached. He scouted. He scouted Hank Aaron uh, for one. Ernie, I think Ernie Banks was another. So he just made his mark in baseball. So finally he got in. So it was good. This vote, um, I don't know. Mark, <laughs> I have to look at Roland's statistics. He, I'm thinking he might get in. Yeah. Ortiz, too. I, 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 I feel like people are so stuck on having to vote for a certain number of guys that there's guys that are going to get votes. That maybe don't deserve it. I don't know. I always, I always stick. And we can, we can end with this, this theory here. And I don't know what you guys think of it. I kind of feel like if you have to say and think really hard, is he a Hall of Famer? He shouldn't be a Hall of Famer. With all the names we've named, if the guy is not, you know, worth going in on his first time on the ballot, why is he eligible? What? Why is he worth going in on the fourth time he's on the ballot? Or the seventh time he's on the ballot. To me, you're either a Hall of Famer or you're not a Hall of Famer. It shouldn't take seven years or whatever to get in. And that and that's just something that really bothers me about it all. It's a good point. Yeah. Do you just all of a sudden after you stop playing, do you become a Hall of Famer afterwards? You know, seven years later, ten years later? To me, it's you're a Hall of Famer, you're not a Hall of Famer. So and does it need to come down to um, objectivity? Does there need to be – because back in the day, before even you guys, it was 3,000 hits or 3,000 strikeouts or for pitching, right? Um, 500 home runs, you were in automatically. Those were the numbers. Those were the three key numbers mm -hmm. that got you in. 300 wins, 3,000 strikeouts, 500 home runs. Those were the numbers that got you in. Mm -hmm. And it's been coming down. Though I think if you put those numeric parameters in there, if they had just kept it that way, it would have been a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mark, do you agree with that or you disagree? Or Yeah, I mean, th th those were the benchmarks. And now with analytics and how they use pitchers nowadays, like, like you'll never see anybody throwing 3,000 strikeouts. You'll mm -hmm. never see another 300-win pitcher. Um, never. And now you 500 know, home runs means nothing. No, exactly because everybody swings for the fences. So mm -hmm. that that you need 600 home runs to, to be automatic. And even that, I mean, Sosa has got 600, and he's not going to get in. So, you, you know, it's uh, it's all and and that's my, one of my complaints about the steroid error. It kind of warped all these stats. Stats were were what made baseball baseball, mm -hmm. and they kind of really pissed all over it and, and that that's mm -hmm. kind of where where i think a lot of people have some disdain about about the players who who either got caught or admitted doing steroids mm -hmm. um and they they besmirched the game by 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 doing that um the flip side though you have schmidt he comes out and says he took greenies when he played yeah when he played with rose so you know, yeah. if that's the I mean, case, if you got guys doing that, do you, you just let these guys in and just kind of move on to the next era of baseball? And, Mark, that's what I brought up on my show the other night. I said, you know, there were times where you go back in the day. I remember the big sports illustrator that came out, Greenies. I'm thinking, what the hell is a Greenie? Ah, speed. Okay, yes, Mark, exactly. 
they they and they admitted that they took it and they're mm -hmm. in. Yeah. It's interesting. Interesting. We can go on all night with this, but we're going to wrap the show up here. I got another show to do tomorrow morning, so I need some sleep here, you know? What is sleep? Um, yeah, sleep. What is sleep? I don't even know anymore. Anyway, this is trending for four quarters right here on DSM Media, live all over Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. We're the road to 500 subscribers on YouTube. So everybody, make sure you hit subscribe on YouTube. I did make a bet. It's not going to happen because there's not enough people that want to see it. But if we get to 500 subscribers by Tuesday, my birthday, I will shave my beard off for the first time in 15 years. Ooh. So if you guys want to help promote that, great. But most people don't want to see it. That's why it's actually hurt and we've lost subscribers since I've said that. Because no one wants to see this clean shaven ever. Um, so, yeah. But that, that's that. We're brought to you by Manscaped, the leader in men's grooming products. Check them out. Manscaped.com. Promo code TRENDING. 20% off and free shipping. I got my man here, Mitch. Mitch Bernstein from the Burn With Mitch Show, Tuesday night, 6.30 on 12 Ounce Sports. Make sure you check them out. Do you have any – are you ready to announce next week's guests or anything like that? Yes, I, I, I have guests. My first guest is Gabrielle Starr. Gabrielle, girl at the game, huge, huge Red Sox fan, and she's now writing about the Phillies. Like, what? what how did that happen? I have at 7.30, he, put, he came on – he, or he forgot to come on, whatever. Peter Golenbach, he's written 10 New York Times bestselling books. The new one we're talking about is about Bobby Valentine, Valentine's Way. It just came out. So um, that's coming, he, he's coming out. And then one more guest. Hold on one second. The 705 guest is, drum roll, please. I don't have sound effects. Sorry. I'm not cool with like a soundboard or anything. Patrick Gordon. Um, who's a Phillies guy, um, uh, P, at, at P. Gordon, PBR. Um, we're talking Phillies in the Hall of Fame vote, too. Awesome. Excellent. And Mark, my man, Mark Muscatelli, I appreciate you coming on. You don't really have anything to promote because you're just there for me whenever you, I I'm, need you to come I'm just on. A, I'm just a fan trying to be a, like you, a podcaster. So Yeah, hey, that, that's, what I, 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 that, that's all I am. I'm just a fan that loves to talk, and I love the interaction from everybody. Got to get the subscriber counts on YouTube up. The more people watching on YouTube, the more interaction. Since Twitter sucks right now, don't bring the comments up on the screen anymore. Um, I thank everybody for coming on tonight. I'll be back tomorrow morning, trending in the AM, 8.30 AM. And then tomorrow night, we got a special guest on DFS, no punt intended. Stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss it. DSM continues to roll on. DSM continue taking over. I appreciate everybody's time tonight. Thank you for tuning in. Mitch. Mark, thank you very much. Thanks go Birds, go Phillies. Let's all have a great night and a great weekend. Right, guys? Absolutely. Yes, sir. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great Thanks night, everybody. It.